Amen. Listen, we're going to continue. We're going to continue what we started last week. Uh, uh, we learned some great stuff last week and, and I, I, man, I couldn't leave it hanging there, uh, where we were at, uh, last week, last week, we learned that the power to raise the dead, the power to walk on water, the power to heal lame legs and heal blinded eyes, the power to take one lad's lunch and, and feed thousands of people with it. That came from the Holy Ghost. Jesus used that power that was given to him from the Holy Ghost. It's called the anointing. Say it with me. It's the, it's a special uh, endowment given from God the Father to God the Son through the power of the Holy Ghost. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, that's not the kicker. That, that's not that big a deal. You know, we think, well, that's great. You know, we've read it in the Bible. We know all that. Uh, but did you know that the moment that you got saved, that same unction, that same anointing, that same Holy Ghost, that same power was given to you? It was given to you. Now, I know that's hard to believe. It really is. It's hard to believe that the power to walk on water, the power to heal the lame, raise the dead, that same power is in every single child of God. And the reason that's hard to believe is because we've been getting the devil beat out of us. Do I have a witness? Now, here's the thing. Why do we live such difficult lives or lives with such few victories in it? I see Christians all the time. I mean, all you got to do is turn on Facebook and you will see there's struggles, there's despair, there's discouragement, there's frustration. Am I preaching? I mean, can you hear me? Is the rain, you can't hear me? Are y'all with me this morning? So this is, this is what I, I was praying this week. And I said, now, Lord, we know that, but how do we utilize that? How do we experience that power? How do we experience the power of the Holy Ghost in our everyday lives? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to, we're going to follow up. And, and I got so much stuff in the follow up that we're going to follow up again next week. All right. So we're going to preach through these points and we're going to kind of hunker down in the last point. And that's the, that's what we're going to preach on next week. If you're with me, say amen. Now let's, let's read a couple verses and I, and I'll let you sit down, uh, here this morning, man, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Mark chapter one. And let me tell you what I did right before we come out here, right before we come out here when I heard, I heard that thunder and I heard the rain, just the bottom, just fall out. My first response was, Oh, great. Cause you see, I pastor a Baptist church. That was my first response. I, I, it was. I, I'm, I'm confessing this. But immediately, the Holy Spirit said, really? I said, you know, you're right. Thank you, Lord, for the rain. Amen. Apparently, we need, we need rain. Uh, doesn't matter. We had it all July. <laughs> but you know what? The Lord gives us what we need. And you know what happened? My whole attitude changed. Man, I started with a little skip in my step. I was excited. Preacher, what are you saying? You might not can control the rain, but you can control your attitude. 
Now, I'm not going to charge you for that bit right there. It has nothing to do with the message, but I'm just telling you. Stuff's going to happen in your life, but your attitude is going to determine what it does to you. So, with that being said, let's look at Mark chapter 1, verse 9. If you're there, say amen. amen. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway, coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, thou art my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the rain. Uh, Lord, thank you for the people that come to church, even though it is raining and thundering and lightning. Lord, help me. Help me to stay focused because I get distracted real easily. So Holy Spirit, I need you to really help me focus. And, and don't let me say anything I'm not supposed to. And Lord, don't let me forget anything. Don't let me forget anything I need to say. And please don't let me say something that would be wrong. Lord, I pray for your anointing. I pray for your unction. Lord, you know who's here. You know every single person. You know every single struggle. You know every single burden that's being carried right now. And God, I pray that you'll just touch them. I pray that you'll offer peace into their spirit and their heart and let them know that you know. You're not, you don't, you're not only aware of their issue, but you're very capable of meeting the need. And God will be careful to give you all the glory. We don't even want none. We don't deserve none. You are worthy of all our praise today. Help them to be able to hear everything I'm saying. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Let's, let's, get, let's just jump right in. Let's jump right in. Uh, last week... Last week, we said, and we were, we were thinking about titling it, uh, What Happened in the Water, right? Say it with me. What happened in the water? What happened in the water? What happened when, G- it, it wasn't just a cool picture. It wasn't say, okay, this is going to be really cool. Let's let the Spirit descend from heaven in a dove. Wouldn't that be a cool thing and a cool picture for paintings later on in life? No, 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 no. It was very significant. Something happened in the water. It wasn't, it wasn't just that the spirit of God came in visual form and, and lit upon the Lord, landed on him, but the Bible said it abided with him. All right. The Holy spirit was not a bird. Are y'all with me? It says in the form of, at this moment, Jesus, the man say that with me, Jesus, the we learned, and I can't re-preach this. If you wasn't here last week, please go back. And, and, and listen to the incarnation and what happened when God became man, all right? Jesus is living as a man, completely, totally, 100% as a man, the God-man. He refused to use his God powers. He independently of the Father's will. He said, when I come, I'm going to do everything that the Father wants me to do. I will do nothing of my own, only what the Father's will is. And I'm going to accomplish all of that by the power of the Holy Ghost. So for 30 years, for 30 years, Jesus is living as a human being. He is living as a man completely with all of the restrictions that you have as a man. In this moment, in the water, he is anointed. 
He is anointed. Now we said that word really means two things. It means set apart and, and giving a special endowment, right? Not only are you set apart for a purpose, you are set apart and separated to a calling. You have given an, a special power. Some words it's called unction. Some words it's called anointing but it is given a special power to accomplish, watch this now, to accomplish what you have been set apart to do. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. And then in the last point, in the last point, we said every believer has been anointed. All right, say it with me. Every believer has been anointed. Now, here's what I want to do today. Last week, we were very elementary. Remember, we took it all the way back as if you had never been to church before. This is the first time you're hearing this this story about the God man, Jesus, right? We're going to do the same thing again today, kind of quickly. And so how do we experience the power of God in our lives? How do we experience the power of God in our life? If you're taking notes, if you're taking notes, I want you to look. And we're going to read Luke's version. We're going to read uh, Dr. Luke's version of what took place after he was in the water. If you're with me, say amen. amen. All right. Now, let's look here. Luke chapter number three. Luke chapter number three. Uh, do y'all have it for up there? Do y'all have that up there? Okay. Now, watch this now. Watch this. Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that who? Everybody said, I can't hear it. It's raining. Jesus, also being baptized and praying, the heaven was open and the Holy Ghost descended in bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, thou art my beloved son, in thee I am well pleased. Now this is what took place. This is the action. Now we're going to read what Luke said happened in the water. All right, here we go. And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph, which was the son of Eli. All right? No, no, no. We're not going to verse 24. Go to, uh, uh, let's see. Go to uh, Luke 4, 1. Luke 4, 1. That's way too much reading. All right? Luke 4, 1. And Jesus, now this happened, this happened after the Holy Ghost came upon him. All right, the Holy Ghost came upon him in the water. If you follow me, say amen. Amen. Now watch what it says. Luke 4, 1. And Jesus being what? Full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan. Now what does being full of the Holy Ghost mean? And was led. What does it mean to be full of the Holy Ghost? The Bible says, be not drunk with wine. Drunk means influenced by, controlled by. Be not drunk with wine but be filled with the, are y'all with me? It means control. So what happens when he's full of the Holy Ghost? He's influenced by the Holy Ghost. He's controlled by the Holy Ghost. So it is the Holy Ghost that's doing what? Leading him. Does this make sense? When you are full of the Holy Spirit, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you, to influence you, to control you, to guide you. If this makes sense, say amen. So, so far in the water, he was anointed. He was given the Holy Ghost. He was given, he was anointed by the Holy Ghost. Now he's full. He has, he, that's the best way to put this. When 
To be full of the Holy Spirit means you are completely submitted to the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. For you to be full of the Holy Spirit means you are fully submitted to the Holy Spirit. So that the Holy Spirit can do what? Lead you. Does this make sense? Now, watch, watch the next version. Being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. Now skip down, skip down to uh, verse 14. Verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Y'all see that? First the Holy Spirit came upon him. Then he was full of the Holy Spirit, meaning he was completely submitted to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit led him, all right? He's being led by the Holy Spirit. Now watch what he has. He returned in the, of the what? The Holy Spirit. Does this make sense? He receives the Holy Spirit in the water. He completely submits to the Holy Spirit, meaning being full of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is able to lead him because he is fully submitted to the Holy Spirit. And so when you submit to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, guess what the Holy Spirit gives you? Are y'all following me? Everybody good? Now watch this next one. Now watch this next one. All right, look in uh, Luke four sixteen. Luke four sixteen. All right. He comes to Nazareth. He comes to Nazareth, which is his hometown. This is after all this happens. And now he's going to explain what happened. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. All right. This is Isaiah prophesying about what was going to happen. And Jesus is saying, this is what happened to me. The spirit of the Lord is. Now, where did that happen? In the water. Is everybody following me? The Holy Spirit came upon him. Now, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he. Now, watch. He's going to tell you what happened. Because he hath anointed. What do we say that meant? Set apart, endowed with power. All right. Now, watch this. He hath anointed me to. How many sermons did he preach before this? None. How many miracles did he perform before this? None. How, many, how much water did he walk on before this? None. Why? It came after the anointing. Amen. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm telling you this. Jesus never did a miracle. He never preached a sermon. He never taught a lesson till after he was anointed. Till after he received the Holy Ghost was full of the Holy Ghost, led by the Holy Ghost, and was given the power of the Holy Ghost. Every single thing Jesus did in his life, as far as miraculous supernatural things, it was under the power of the Holy Ghost. Well, preacher, I can see some of you skeptics in here because I'm, 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 I, I, I can read your mind. 
You're saying, well, preacher, if I have that power, are you trying to tell me I can go to Smith Lake and walk across the top of it? Mm-hmm. Some of y'all in here thinking that. You won't admit it, but you're thinking that. Guess what? If it's God's will, yes. How did Jesus walk on water? Because the Father wanted him to. You remember, you remember when he said, I do always those things that please my father. It, he never did one thing outside the father's will. Every single thing he did was in the instruction and direction of his father. Preacher, what are you saying? Whatever the father directs you to do, you will be able to do. He'll give you the power to do it. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now. So how do we experience that? Preacher, I want God's power in my life. You say, preacher, you need God's power to preach. You need God's power to go to Walmart. You need God's power to raise teenagers. I was was listening to some of the staff talk about their teenagers. And it just made me all warm and fuzzy inside. And I wanted to tell them, it don't get no better. (laughs) Until the grandchildren come and then that makes up for it. Are y'all, do I have a grandparents amen right there? Amen. Now, can we all agree the world we live in is so broken, so messed up that we need God's power. We need God's power in our marriages. We need God's power at work. We need God's power in our ministries. Listen, watch this. Some of y'all are probably real tough and all that kind of stuff, but I have found out lately, even right before my sabbatical especially, we need God's power in our mental capacity. Satan is attacking our minds in such a way, it is crazy. I want God's power in my life. Now let me give you four quick things, four quick things. And, there, and the intro is kind of longer than the, the sermon, so don't sweat it, right? Number one, If we're going to have God's power in our life, it starts with salvation. You you, you cannot have God's power without the Holy Ghost in you. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So if you're here today and you're needing help in your life, but you've never submitted to the Holy Ghost, you've never repented of your sins, turned from your sins and turned to God in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, today is the day. It starts with salvation. Let me show you. Now, all right. Did, did, he, did he have, did, did Jesus have the power before the Holy Ghost came upon him? No. It came after the Holy Ghost came upon him, right? So he had the power when he got the Holy Ghost. When, when the Holy Spirit, and by the way, it's not a it, it's a person. The person of the Holy Spirit came upon him. Now, watch this. It says in Ephesians 1.12, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth. Watch this now. Watch this. Faith cometh by and hearing by the. So you hear the gospel and you believe it. You believe it. So we've heard the word. We've heard the truth the gospel of your salvation in whom also after that ye believe, watch this now, 
Ye were, come on, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now watch this, Acts 1.8. But this is proof, this is proof. But ye shall receive power. After that, the is come upon you. So what do we know? We know this so far. We know this, that you hear the gospel, you believe the gospel, your faith is in Christ, you get saved, you trust him. And so that moment he puts the Holy Spirit in you as the earnest of your inheritance. He seals you with the Holy Ghost. You are, you are given the Holy Ghost inside of you. And when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, ye shall receive not until. So it starts with salvation. It starts with salvation. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Number one, it starts with salvation. You have to be saved. Number two, number two, here's very important, very important. I'm going to go fast. I'm going to go fast. Here's a very important fact. Saturation. Write that word down. Saturation. You're going to learn a very important key to having the power of God on your life. Very important key. Watch this. This is so good. Ephesians 5.18. Ephesians 5.18. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. But be filled with the Spirit. Now watch what the outcome of being filled with the Spirit is. Here's the outcome of being filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? Now watch this. Here is a parallel, parallel verses that go and, and connect with this. Colossians 3.16. Now in Ephesians, it says be filled with spirit. And then you're going to see spiritual songs, singing, making melody, hymns, giving thanks, blah, 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 blah. Right? Colossians 3.16. Let the, come on everybody. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. Can we, can we use our terms? Can we use this and say, let, let you, you be filled with the word of God. I think you can put that. I think you can use that terminology. If, if the word of Christ is going to be in us richly, that means we're full of it. We're full of the word of God. Does that make sense? Now watch this. Watch this. Watch what's going to happen when we're full of the word of God. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and Spiritual songs, singing with grace in our heart to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving. Now, does that sound familiar? What does that mean? The very same thing that you see in Ephesians, you see in Colossians. They are tied together. They are connected. Preacher, what does that mean? It means we need to be saturated in the word of God. Being full of the word of God. Let the word of God abide in us. Now let me show you something. Let me, let me show you a couple more verses. Job 23, 12. Let me tell you how important the word of God is in having the power of God on your life. Watch what Job said. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. Watch this. I ha- how many of y'all like food? How many of y'all think food is important? Go without it a little bit. And you're going to find this very important, right? But watch what Job says. I have esteemed the words of his mouth, talking about God, the word of God, more than my. You know what Job is saying? 
I find that in my life that the word of God is more important than the food, the physical food that I eat. I know a great, great man of God who read that verse, took that verse to heart, and he made it a point, a principle, and a priority in his life that he would never put a bite of food in his mouth till he did his Bible devotions. In other words, he's fed his spiritual man before he ever fed his physical man. Are y'all with me? Maybe you wouldn't have such a problem with your flesh if you fed your spirit first. Anyway, that's just a thought. Psalm 119, 11. Read it with me. Thy word have I that I might not against thee. 1 John 2, 14. Watch this now. I, whoa, this is good. Hallelujah, this is good. I have written unto you fathers because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because ye are, come on now, ye are strong. And the word of God, what? And watch this now, watch this. And ye have what? Ye are strong. The word of God abideth in you. And ye have. Now, I want I everybody look at me now. Everybody look at me. How you doing? Be honest. I'll tell you what, the devil was riding me like a pony. Take the saddle off. How do you do that? Get in the word. I am am blown away by the number of Christians that think they can live a victorious Christian life and neglect the, the word of God. You cannot do it. I'm telling you, I'm t- y'all know, y'all got the most honest preacher in the whole country. And I can tell when I miss my Bible. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, I study all the time for you. But what God has showed me recently is that I need stuff for me. It's not enough for me to study the Bible just to feed you. I need to study the Bible just for me, Malcolm, spiritual, my inner man. And I can tell by the way I'm thinking during the day, by the, my actions during the day, by how susceptible I am to temptation when I don't feed my spiritual man? Preacher, what are you saying? If you neglect the word of God, you'll never experience the power of God. If you neglect the word of God. Now, some of you don't even know where your Bible is. You just thank God we got it on the screen. And you wonder why you're having such a rough time. You wonder why you're not living in victory. You wonder why you're depressed all the time. You're wondering why you live frustrated all the time. I don't know why this don't ever happen to me. I know why. You don't even know where your Bible is. Ye are strong. Ye have overcome the wicked one. Why? Because the word of God abideth in you. I'm telling you, you can trace your level of victory by your level of attention to God's word. 
everybody. Everybody wants to have the feeding the 5,000 experience, especially at the end of the month. Oh, God, take this check and bless it like you did that little last lunch. Don't look at me, y'all. I know who I'm preaching to. We're not in Manhattan. We're in Coleman, Alabama. We all have financial woes. Say amen. Don't tell me you don't pray for this. Really? Amen? God, help me with my finances. Do you know what God's word says about your finances? Oh, God, help me with my marriage. Do you know what God's word says about your marriage? Oh, God, oh, God, help me with my ministry. Do you know what God's word says about your ministry? Amen? Amen. Hey, I'm not getting on anybody. I'm telling you, this convicted me hard. I, uh, we're in DMD, DMD, Disciples Making Disciples, our DMD ministry, we teach our Timothys, those are, that are in the training, you've got to do your soaps. Your soaps. That's, that's a Bible study method. Every day, you've got to be consistent. You got to be consistent. Make sure and do that every day because the power you need to make disciples is going to come from the word that's abiding in you. Oh, well, preacher, where do you watch this? Watch this. We have a healed lame man, right? Lazarus, Lazarus come back from the dead, right? Uh, We have feeding of 5,000, right? But watch, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit uh, uh, present? Well, where's the word come in? In the beginning was the and the was with God. And the word, Jesus is the And when you get the word and the Holy Spirit together. Are y'all starting to see it now? All right, all right. I mean, that's about all y'all can handle. Number three. <laughs> Number three. Write this down. You know what? I can stop right there and you got enough you need to do this week. But we're not. Let's get this. Number three. Supplication. Supplication. Watch this. Watch what Jesus did in that same chapter. Mark. Mark chapter one. Mark chapter one, it says in the morning, in the morning, rising up. Now, 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 I'm going to lose some of you right here. Rising up a great while before day. Some of y'all, that's, that's before the crack of 10. I'm sorry, I've had a buddy of mine, we was going to go fishing, and, and he said, are you going before the crack of 10? And I, I thought that was hilarious, so I, I, had, I was going to try to use that one day, and I got to. Amen. He rose up a great while before day. In other words, he got up very early in the morning. He went out, departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. If you, if you, we're going to get to it, but you're going to find out the night before he was up very late healing all the people that were, they were bringing to it. 
And he had a ministry to go preach and to go heal and to go bless and, and all this stuff. I mean, he has a busy schedule. But he knew the greatest need he had was to get out and pray. Get alone with God. Now, if the Messiah, the God man, needed to pray, oh, mercy. Watch this. The night before Jesus picked his disciples who would become apostles. How many of y'all believe that's kind of important? Watch what the Bible says he did. In Luke 6, 12, it says, and it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to, and read it with me, and continued all night in prayer to and it, when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles. Preacher, what are you saying? Jesus understood the need to pray. Watch what it says in Ephesians six eighteen. Praying always with all what? And supplication in the So there's a connection. Look what it says in Acts four thirty one. We're talking about having power, right? We're talking about having the power of the Holy Ghost in our, in our heart. It says in Acts 4.31, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, influenced or controlled by it. They spake the word of God with boldness, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them of all the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common, and with great Come on. And with great, when they prayed, they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they experienced great. Now I'm going to ask you a question. You've been, you've been going through it. You've been struggling. You've been having problems in your marriages and your finances and your lives, just issues with your children, with your grandchildren, with your mental capacity, mental state frustrating, discouraged, depressed, down. How you doing with your Bible? And are you praying? And oh my God is not praying. Every now and then saying, help. Now that's good to do. But I'm talking about, are you Getting to a solitary place. We're just you and God. Now watch this now. Here's the difference. Preach, I am praying. Is it a two-way conversation? Because if it's not a two-way conversation, you're just talking. Prayer, prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. Prayer is you talking to him and him talking to you. How's your prayer life? One of the first things I ask people when they come to see me, one of the first things I ask, and it is without fail, usually in the negative response. Preacher, I got such and such and such and such such going on. So, okay, have you prayed about this? Well... Not really. When they prayed, and I, I, trust me, 
I'm not beating nobody up here. I'm just revealing truth. I've slacked on my praying before. I've, I've slacked on my Bible reading before. And I'm telling you, I know when it happens. The biggest failures in my life, the darkest times in my life, the most frustrating times, I can trace it back to my, my neglect of two things, God's word and prayer. God's word and prayer. Now watch, now watch. We're going to build it up to this last point. All right, what was number one? If we're going to experience the power of God in our life, number one, it starts with? Number two, it takes, what are we saturated in? The word of God. Number three, it takes, basically what is that? Prayer, prayer. Now watch this now, watch how this works. This is so cool how this works. Lastly, it's subjugation. Subjugation, meaning submission, surrender. Now watch, watch how this works. You're saved, the Holy Spirit comes in. What does the Bible say that the Holy Spirit is to you and for you? A teacher, a helper, the paraclete, that's what the Greek word is, a helper. Said so you, you shall need no man to teach you, I'm going to give you somebody to help you. Right. Now what is he going to teach you to understand and help you understand? The word. It says truth, thy word is does that make sense? I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit as a gift, as a helper, as an unction. He has power. He has ability. He has the ability to help you understand something. What is that? The Okay, now we have a helper. God has given us the word that we can saturate ourselves in. The psalmist said it this way, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Job said, I find it more important than my physical food. Man, the word of God is so important. I'm going to read it. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to study it. There's so many words that talk about how we treat the word of God. Read it. Think about it. Meditate on it. Study it. I'm going to get it in me. Amen. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Prayer is a what? Dialogue. It's I'm talking to him. He's talking to me. So I have read the word. I have read the word. Now I'm asking God to help me understand. Not just understand it, but what about this do I need to do? And then guess what? I have to submit. I have to submit. Let me give you three words. Let me give you three words. Now, this is what we're going to do. We're going to stop here. Don't nobody, don't nobody quit nothing. I'm just saying, next week, we're going to really dig into these three words. Does that make sense? Say amen. amen. What is required when it comes to subjugation? What is required? First of all, a humility. Humility. We're taking this from Philippians chapter number two. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, right? right. He made himself of no reputation. That word is the word kenosis, which means to empty himself. He emptied himself. He limited his, his power voluntarily. Does that make sense? Yes. 
and became obedient unto death. He came in the form of a servant and was made in the light, humbled himself, it said. He humbled himself and was made in the form of a servant, made in the likeness of man. Are y'all with me? So it takes humility. Secondly, it takes surrender. It takes surrender. It takes surrender. Then it takes obedience. It takes obedience. Say those three with me. Humility. That's how you think. That's your thinking. Matter of fact, go ahead and write that beside that. That's your thinking. Let no man think more highly of himself than he ought to think. Right? Humility is how you think. Then B. Everybody. Real loud. Fair of you help me now. B. Surrender. That's your decision. Humility is your thinking. Surrender is your decision making. And then what's the last word? Obedience. Obedience. That's your action. That's your action. The problem with a lot of Christians is they don't think right about themselves. They don't think right about them. Everybody look at me now. Everybody look at me because I got to give you this. We're going to talk about it more next week, but I got to give you this. Well, preacher, how do you know I don't think right about myself? When I tell you that when you come to me with an issue or a situation and I say, this is what God says. And then you turn around and say, but I feel like, well, I know that's what the Bible says, but for instance, for instance, that's just, this is an illustration, a Christian person going out and dating a non-Christian preacher. What do you think? My first question to you is not, is he handsome? It is not the first question I usually ask the the young men that come to date my daughters is, do you have a job? (laughs) Does does he treat you good? I don't ask none of them questions. The very first question is, is he saved? And if that question is not answered right, I don't care what he looks like. I don't care what his 401k says. I don't care how he treats you. I don't care if he's the sexiest man alive. It does not matter. Because God says, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. But you'll say, oh, but preacher, I think. You know what you're doing? You're elevating you above him. Does this make sense? Have you realized that you will never submit Till you humble yourself. Arrogant, prideful people never submit. Y'all with me? Now, until you submit, you will never obey. Does this make sense? I must humble myself. I must realize I'm not all that. I don't have it all together. I'm not smart as God is. I'm not as powerful as God is. I am made out of the dust of this ground. And he is everything. He knows everything. He's all powerful. He's omnipresent. 
He's, he's everywhere at the same time. He knows everything. He's omniscient. He's an all-powerful God. And I need him. I got to humble myself. Then I have to submit to his direction, his, his leading. I love the way that word says he was led of the Holy Spirit. That means he willingly, come on now, he willingly. The problem with some of you guys, he's trying to lead you, but you're snorting, kicking, complaining, whining, fussing, fighting, and going your own way. You wonder why you're not experiencing victory. You wonder why you're not experiencing power. You got it. It's in you. But are you humble? Have you surrendered to his will? I bet you I can say, no, that's not good terms. I I promise. I've been hanging around Willie, y'all. I guarantee, there you go. I guarantee you I can say this verse and you can finish it. Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. But not, but, are you there? Are you there? Because you may have a cross experience coming. And if you ever expect, hallelujah, if you ever expect to have a resurrection experience, After the crisis of your cross experience, you're going to have to say, not, but, let me prove it. Look what it says. In obedience, I'm going to just read this and then we'll pray. James 1.25 says, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. Say it with me. And continueth therein. Say it with me. And what that means is this. You do what you just read. You live what you just read. You obey what you just read. Here proves it. He being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work. Why? Watch this. This is so big. This is so huge. Watch this. This man shall be blessed in his reading. Oh, but preacher, I did my devotion. Okay. Did you do your devotion? In other words, let me change, the, let me change that, that phrase. Did you practice your devotion? I've, I, people come to me, I read my Bible every morning, but do you live it during the day? Because the blessing doesn't come from you reading it. The blessing comes from you. I'm going to tell y'all this. I'm preaching good this morning. As humbly as I know how to say that. God is helping us today. 
It ain't me. It's the word God's given me. I'm just cutting up about that. Some of y'all was kind of tight right there. I had to loosen you up a little bit. But is this starting to make sense? You've been frustrated and you can't figure out why you're not walking in victory. Because you may be reading the word, but you're not practicing the word. That's why you can't be a speed reader. You can't read three chapters and can't remember what was in the first and second chapter and wonder why. I don't know why. If, if you, you can only read three verses and then remember it and then go do it, I'd rather you read three verses than 30 chapters a day. Let's read it again. This man, say it with me. This man shall be blessed in his... What does that mean? It means when he does what he read. Hey man, that's a lot for us to chew on for a week, isn't it? Now don't get scared. We're going we're gonna to preach on those three, those three points next week. You do not want to miss it. Now, can we, can we do a little survey real quick? Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm going to raise both my hands. How many of you want to experience way more of the power of God in your life. I want, to, I want to encourage you with this. It doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen by accident. Please keep coming. And let's keep learning. So we can have it. Man I want to see Christians start to get on Facebook. And say man let me tell you about the victory God gave me this week. Let me tell you about the prayers that God has answered this week. Let me tell you about what's happening in my life and my kids' life and in my grandchildren's life. Let me tell you what's happening in my finances that God is blessed. Let me tell you. Are y'all with me? Amen. Well, I tell you what, I'm just not sure about that preacher. The Bible says we're more than conquerors. Amen. 